Mythics. Um, my name is Brooke. My name is Alyssa, and a diner mural is my worst enemy. <laughs> and fucking say welcome to mythids you did this is the podcast where we talk about monsters <laughs> myths and cryptids so uh if that sounds like your jam stick around so <laughs> i want you to know i spent a whole bunch of time lying in bed last night being like this is what my opening's gonna be and it's gonna be so smooth and good and it's gonna be great and then as soon as i hit the record button i was like what are words do i have them don't think so life rarely uh, goes how you actually plan it like you sit there and you go this is exactly how it's going to happen, and then, like, 20 minutes later, you've either forgotten it, or it just is in fi- flames. It's honestly fair. Alright, so, um, just so you guys know who are listening, how this podcast breaks down is Alyssa and I are each going to bring either a monster, a myth, or a cryptid to discuss, and then at the end, uh, we really kind of weigh the... Uh, which monster is better by boiling them down to their two most significant aspects. So, uh, the core. Danger. <laughs> how dangerous is it? Which one would win in a fight? What makes it scary? And how sexy is it? And bef- and I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, now, hold on, I don't think that's important for monsters. I'd like you to take into consideration sexy Halloween costumes, the, the sheer number of, like, monsters that whose whole thing was, like, they're really hot ladies, but they'll bite you, you know? Sexy medieval really... or renaissance art in which, like, they're monsters, but also they're not, like, horny. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Not not horny, I guess. Right. They're, they are horny. So, I think it's about time we as a society acknowledge what our true feelings on monsters are. And us here at Mythids are here to make that happen. Uh, bro, is it okay if I go first? Yeah, by all means. Okay, so... First episode, I thought we'd go off with a bang. Um, so I am bringing Mothman. So... Uh, I'll start off with a bit of history. So he... I'm gonna use he, even though I guess it's probably it. But that's fine. Listen, um, Mothman can be whatever Mothman wants. <laughs> So we're just using a placeholder. (laughs) If Mothman would like to come forward and let us know, then we can retract our previous statements. But until we hear from Mothman, we're just going to have to use this. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so he was reportedly first seen in Point Pleasant, West Virginia from November 12th, 1966 to around December 15th, 1967. Uh, the first people to see it were five men digging a grave in a, at a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia, uh, and they saw a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. Um, three days later, two young couples named Stephen Mary Mallet and Roger and Linda Scarberry reported... Um, to the police that a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red in the car headlights followed their car while they were driving outside of a former World War II munitions plant called the TNT area. Uh, More specifically, they described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings. Uh, The next day, the local newspaper published an article about what the couples saw, and the story was spread across the country. That's kind of when the whole attention on Mothman kind of was grabbed. Uh, I guess the five guys that saw it just were 
ignored for a while until afterwards they were like, by the way, just those guys being dudes out there talking about moths, digging a grave. (laughs) There's no credibility. (laughs) Okay, but if you were digging a grave and like some flying man came like vroom over you, I would lose my mind. I would quit my job. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. I, I, wa- I want you to know, like, there's probably a whole slew of weird shit you see at a graveyard, so while I understand quitting your job, you can't tell me that's the weird- the first time you've seen weird shit as, like, I, I feel like there's a more- I'm not wording right now, but there's a penchant for weird shit if you work with bodies. That's just the standard. Sometimes the body is a moth, and sometimes the body's incorporeal. That's just how this has to be. Honestly, that's fair. My other question is, like, I didn't think digging a grave was a five-man job for some reason. Six feet, my dude. Yes. How deep do you think six feet is? You can't fit five people in a corpse hole, though. Grave. The word is grave. (laughs) (laughs) This just. No, I'm doing my best. (laughs) Corpse hole. You do make a compelling point, though. Now that I think about it, the length of it. Like you can't fit five people in there. Were there, like, two down in the hole and the other three were just, like, chilling outside being useless? Maybe they're helping him get out? Because, like, how do you get out of a six-foot hole once you dig it? I assume with a ladder. Did they have ladders in the 1930s? Did you just ask if they had ladders in 1966? Bro, that was, like, 50 years ago. They had ladders. I don't know what went on back there, other than a whole lot of racism. <laughs> That's fair. No, um, th- but I digress. Um, <laughs> so after the two couples saw it chasing their car, um, over the next few days, other people reported seeing the Mothman. Uh, and that includes a contractor named Newell Partridge, who blamed the creature for static noises coming from his TV and his missing German Shepherd, which are two wildly different situations. Also, I think that's a little unfair to the Mothman. Like, the dog thing is a valid complaint, but, like, you got a shitty antenna. from your TV. <laughs> like, those damn moths, I know that's lantern. Especially but... in the 60s. Yeah. Like... <laughs> You just barely have a TV. It was, like, just invented, probably, and you're gonna blame the Mothman for the shitty reception? Right. Um, he he also described it as, like, this big man-sized thing, and more specifically that when he shined his flashlight into its eyes, they glowed red. Hmm. Um, so that seems to be a pretty major point on all of them. Uh, another sighting was two volunteer firemen who described it as a large bird with red eyes. I'm kind of- I personally wonder if they just saw, like, a crane or some shit and would chalked it up as the same thing as the Mothman that everyone else was seeing. Because in other, um, other people specifically described it as, like, a man with wings. You know? Yeah. So I sometimes wonder. I- I'll come back to that. 
So, uh, Dr. Robert L. Smith, a wildlife biologist at West Virginia University, claimed that all descriptions of the Mothman fit the Sandhill Crane, which are not native to the area, and perhaps had veered off course while migrating, and therefore people didn't recognize it. Um, that's another thing where I, like, that I think could probably explain the, um, large bird with red eyes. Because Sandhill Cranes are about the size of a man with seven foot wings and, like, red circles around their eyes, kinda. Hmm. So I think that description does fit. Um, however, there is also the descriptor of a man with ten foot wings, and I don't know that it fits that well. I you mean, know? once it's past a certain point, like, I don't know about you, but I'm shit for judging size of things. So, like, Yeah, absolutely. I more take issue with um, saying these people very clearly saw the outline of a man, mm-hmm. and even if this particular crane is not native to the area, you can tell the difference between a crane and a person. I mean, <laughs> they have pretty distinctly different body shapes. Unless it's so like I the do- world's skinniest twink. Like... <laughs> Uh, like if someone could draw very... us Mothman as the world's skinniest <laughs> twink, I I personally would really be grateful for that. Um, I probably don't have time to draw it, but if you could, that would be great. Um, so, that was his thing. The other thing is, like, I I find myself wondering, like, how close to West Virginia the migration patterns of the Sandhill Crane would be, would have to be. Mind you, I didn't look this up. I intended to, and then I didn't. But, like, for it to have happened this one time, that one crane ended up here, and then never again. Uh, seems strange to me, but, you know, maybe. Um, so, then what really made people lose their minds about the Mothman happened a year later. Um, December 15th, 1967. Uh, when the Silver Bridge collapsed under the weight of rush hour traffic and killed 46 people, two of whom oh my were God. never found. Jesus! Right. Um, so, afterwards, I did a lot of investigations into this bridge to figure out why this happened. So, the bridge had been constructed in 1928, uh, when the average family car weighed around 1,500 pounds, or 680 kilograms, and the maximum permitted truck was 20,000 pounds, or 8 tons. At the time of the collapse, the average family car weighed 4,000 pounds, or 1,800 kilograms, and trucks weighed in at around 60,000 pounds, or 27 tons. Uh, the clap- collapse was later discovered to be caused by a crack about 0.1 uh, tenth of an inch deep in a single link eye bar, and the bridge collapse happened over the span of about a minute. So basically what happened was, this, this bridge had been built to handle way less weight than it was now being faced with on a daily basis. Cause, I mean, if it was built in the 20s, it's not they're like, hey, we're going to have these 60,000 pound vehiculars. That's exactly what it is. And also, more specifically, in the when it was first built, there were limits on how heavy of a truck was allowed on it that I guess they later on got rid of. Um, that seems smart. Right. 
So basically what happened is the one eye link broke, um, forcing the one on the other side of the bridge to carry all of the weight instead of just half the weight. That was way too much weight for that one eye link to handle. It also broke. The whole bridge went down. Um, and something that I didn't realize, because I kind of knew the whole, like, Mothman predicted the bridge collapse thing. What I didn't realize was the silver bridge was part of a highway. It wasn't just, like, a small road between things. It was, like, US-35 or something. Like, it was an actual highway, and that's why it was such a major thing when it collapsed, and why so many people died in it. Wait, Mothman predicted the bridge collapse? Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> so, so Mothman is not only a bird, but also a bird that can tell the future, if I'm getting this correct. So it's believed that there is a connection between the bridge collapse and the Mothman sightings. Um, mostly due to the proximity in time. So um, a lot of people have gotten like real depth, real deep into it. Basically how it breaks down. November 15th, 1966, is the first reported sighting of the Mothman. Those those two couples that it was chasing them in the car. Um, and then, a year and a month later, exactly, the Silver Bridge collapsed in that same area. Is, is the connection that's drawn. Um... So, some people argue that the Mothman caused the bridge collapse. I'm pretty confident in saying that's not true. I just <laughs> broke down for you why the bridge collapsed, and it was shitty 1928 designing, or engineering, or whatever. Um, other people argue that the Mothman came to warn that the bridge was going to collapse. And that's the more common argument you'll see. Uh, actually, there was a book, and then later on a movie made uh, called The Mothman Prophecies. And in it, um, the author talks about how specifically uh, people were given visions of this bridge collapsing prior to the bridge actually going down from the Mothman. Um, I don't, other than this one author who claims it to be true, I didn't find a ton of sources backing it up, but I will say that there that a lot of people who believe in the Mothman do think that he somehow forewarned of this bridge collapse. Now, I have a theory I'd like to posit about the I'd Mothman. love to hear it. I would love so, to like, hear this. Mothman can see the future, slash, was capable, slash, of warning about the future. Mothman has weird flying wings and glowing eyes, Is it, and hasn't been seen since, or hasn't had any reported sightings. Is it possible that in the like distant future, or whenever future, it was just a very lost time traveler who just happened to be like in the right place at the right time? Or a West Virginian who was like, oh shit, this bridge collapses, maybe I should tell people. But time travel gear just happens to make you look like a moth. I don't know. Well, so interesting you say that he hasn't been seen since. Uh, because in 2017, Stop in it. Chicago, Stop it. there were some 
50 or so different people unrelated who reported seeing a creature very similar to the Mothman. Oh my god. Um, so I only vaguely remember this, even though it was only like two years ago. But one thing I do remember is that people in West Virginia got genuinely upset (laughs) if they thought Chicago was trying to steal their cryptid. Um, but not He's on only a break that, with West Virginia. <laughs> He's right? seeing other cities right now. But another thing um, that is interesting. Uh, let me find it. So there's a folklorist named James Harold Brunvard. Brunvind, sorry, I can't read. Uh, who did a lot of looking into the sightings of Mothman back in the 60s. And he mentioned that there are a lot of, other than the sightings that I've mentioned, a lot of other supposed sightings uh, seem kind of flimsy. They seem kind of over-dramatized. Dramatized? Dramatized. Yep. Um, And kind of exaggerated and all that. And a lot of them don't have an exact person that that they go back to, other than, obviously, the ones I've mentioned. Um, However, he found that old folklore in the area there were a lot of stories with very similar aspects to the mothman story which would suggest that there is that they are based off of the same thing that same kind of event or creature or whatever had been seen in the area a long long time ago people didn't really remember it unless you really dove into the folklore which he did it's what he did and so uh, it does suggest that this is not a one-time event the way it may seem at first look. Wow. Uh, so, for what it's worth. Um, now, was there, I, I have no memory, was there a disaster a year and a month after the Mothman sighting in Chicago? I didn't see anything about it. Um, hold up. Sorry. <laughs> I was getting comfortable. I, like, slouched down on the couch. It was incredibly uncomfy. Um, so, I didn't see anything about it. A specific event tied to it, the way that, like, the Silver Bridge was tied to the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be willing to bet, just based on location... Uh, that if you were to really dig into it, I'm sure there is some event that you could probably pin to it. Part of the issue is we don't have, like, exact dates on the Chicago sightings, because there were so many of them. The thing about the West Virginia sightings is, first of all, they were the first ones of the Mothman to be recorded. And, um, also, they, um... It was only a few people who really came forward and saw, hey, I saw the Mothman. The thing about the Chicago sighting that um, either makes them more or less credible, depending on your opinion. Um, first of all, the Mothman was already known. at the, By 2017, people knew about the Mothman. So it is possible that it, they saw something in the night and went, oh, that's the Mothman. Now, it is kind of far from West Virginia, um, and as, as you know, because you were at my, uh, at my wedding shower a few months ago, not as many people who aren't from West Virginia actually know about the Mothman as you'd think, 
Uh, remember you put that road trip question down that was like, where would we go on a road trip? The answer yeah. was to go see Mothman. And when people heard the answer, no one knew what the fuck a Mothman was. Which is... Everyone in that room was like, what is that? Why I, did I've never been go- so Why is he going there? in my life. I thought Mothman was common knowledge. Would people yeah, ask I, who the Bigfoot is? Well, that's the thing. I think that people who are really into cryptids kind of put Mothman on the same level as, like, Nessie or uh, Bigfoot, when in fact, I I think it's actually not as well known as, as we may have thought. Obviously, people know it, and so that's why you could say maybe these 50 people didn't actually see the Mothman. But also, it was 50 people all in one year, after it hadn't been seen in almost... 40 or 50 years all in one area so I think that kind of lends some credibility to it but again who knows um just to tie it up um uh, Point Pleasant West Virginia now has an annual Mothman Festival which started in 2002 um it happens on the third weekend of September each year you and I should go next year. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, you kidnap your girlfriend from Japan. I'll kidnap my husband from the house we live in she'll, together. She'll be home we'll by then, there. but we can go. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Great. Um, and there is a Mothman Museum that was opened in 2005 that and Research Center, sorry, uh, also in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that's open year-round. And there is a 12-foot-tall metal statue of Mothman sculpted by an artist named Bob Roach that stands in the middle of town. Uh, For anyone who has not seen this statue, I beg you to look it up. It is an incredibly horny sculpture for being of a cryptid. Now, I'm not going to go on the public record and say that I'm going to steal this statue, but I'm also not saying that if it disappears, I wouldn't know where it is. (laughs) <laughs> it's 12 feet tall and made of metal. So and I have an avid love for Mothman. <laughs> I'm sorry, were you presenting an argument as to why it wouldn't happen or why it shouldn't probably, happen? probably, at the very least, need Megan's help to steal it. Alright, so it I get like those... It's a two-person <laughs> job. I get five grave diggers. <laughs> I get... <laughs> I get a truck. And two young couples driving <laughs> driving down the road in their car. Yeah, that's like eight people if you count me. We can make this nope, work. Nope, redo that math. Five grave diggers. Uh-huh. Two young couples. Which is how many people? Oh, shit, that's four. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ten people counting me. Right. I meant you guys together could probably do it. Um... But yeah, so that is kind of an overview of the Mothman. Obviously, you can get way more in-depth into it. Some people think it's alien. Some people think it's a demon. Some people that think it's just an animal that hasn't been identified yet. Uh, And some people think that it was some sort of creature that was living inside the uh, military storage unit that was nearby in that TNT area. (laughs) Um which the only thing that really lends credibility to that is that is the area where those couples were chased by it. But frankly, that means nothing to me. 
that's that kind of reeks of conspiracy theory. Um, but yeah, that's the Mothman. What do you what do you what do you have for me, bro? Well, it's interesting that you should mention um, cryptids that are well known and famous because I also have a fairly well known cryptid for you today, and I have the Loch Ness monster. Okay. Now, something I feel I should mention before I get into this is that there have been numerous sightings of the Loch Ness Monster um, in other parts than Loch Ness, like in other parts of the world, which technically aren't the Loch Ness, but they're similar descriptions or they're similar attributes. Um, And almost all of them in their entirety have been debunked by the scientific community. Now... Most of them have been either eyewitness accounts or photographs, like the one from 1933. Um, Some of them can be explained as like, okay, this is another object floating in the water, or some of them um, are probably staged. So it's just, uh, the scientific community largely regards it as like, people are just bad at identifying objects (laughs) from a distance, which is fair, because same, like that time that I thought I saw a UFO and it was just a plane with a banner. Um, Sorry? (laughs) No, hold up. (laughs) I don't know this story. Oh, so I was driving to the beach with my sister, and I, like, lost my shit because there was something in the air that I couldn't tell what it was. I was like, what is that? What is it? Now, on a technicality, it was a UFO, because I could not identify it, and it was a flying object. Nope. No. <laughs> yes. Un- the unidentified yep. and unidentified yep. flying object means that there is no identification of it. No one knows what it is. Not you personally. <laughs> not went, looked at that sky and go, went, I don't know that plane personally. It's unidentified. But it was flying towards me and at a weird angle, so it just looked like this like trapezoid in the sky, and I was like, holy shit. UFO sighting. And then it turned and I could very clearly see that it was just like a small one person driven plane with like a banner trailing behind it. I was like, oh. I'm just you were, bad at identifying You, you said you were going to the beach, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the, the New Jersey one because that's the one that we live near? Correct. Okay. If you've ever been to the New Jersey shore in your fucking life, <laughs> you know that there's like a hundred of those planes out flying past the beach. I was on the highway, though. Second. I was on the highway, though. They're just constantly there. I was nowhere near the beach at the time, so I was very... Yeah, but the planes gotta come from somewhere, dude! (laughs) Do you think they materialize over the beach? This isn't fucking Boardwalk Tycoon! I don't like, know where they take off from. I don't know where they land. Maybe there's an airfield by the beach. I don't know. Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa, please. Okay. Continue on with the with Logras Monster. So I the a scientific community disregards Nessie, which I think is worth noting, but they while they have debunked the evidence, they can't debunk the pot I mean they might be able to, but Nowhere in my research. Nowhere in my research did they definitively say this does not exist and this cannot exist. Therefore, I'm going off of that possibility because, sure, like there's no real basis for this, but there's also not not a basis for this. 
And no. that's <laughs> the, like, <laughs> tightrope that I walk. Okay, I... Listen, I love my cryptids, so I'm just gonna follow you on this one. Uh, tell me about it. Okay, so it's uh, pretty uh, often described as large inside with a long neck and one or more humps. Um, usually the necks or the hump is what protrudes out of the water that people end up seeing. Um, there's been various reports as to size, so no one's really know because they're only catching the por- portions of it from the water. No one catches the full scale of it. Um, people have described the humps as being anywhere from like four to six feet. The neck is like 12 to 18 feet. Um, so there's, depending on how much of Nessie you're actually seeing, no one really knows the full size of her. Um, the very first sighting, like people have the picture from 1933 from Hugh Gray that most people attribute to being the first sighting, but that's actually not true. The first sighting, or first known sighting of Nessie, was in 565. What? Hold on. <laughs> like, are, you, are we talking A.D. or B.C., first of all? A.D. A.D., okay. How the fuck- they, they, I know they didn't have cameras then. So, so the uh, written account of the life of St. Columba- um, there was uh, the Irish monk, St. Columba, if for those who aren't familiar. Um, but they were trying to bury a man by the river, the River Ness, which is why it's known as the Loch Ness Monster, because it's from Loch ne- or Lake Ness. But anyway, there's a river that connects to it, and there was a guy swimming in the river at the time they were trying to bury this man, and they just see him get attacked and dragged underwater, um, and when they try to get out there to rescue him, he was totally dead, <laughs> as most people who get attacked by water Right, are. I, I assumed that's how this was going to end. Also, I mean, he's dead either way. This was, you know, thousands of years ago. Um... But anyway, some guy tried to, he, he sent one of his followers to try and swim across the river, and supposedly, this is what was written in the account for 565, the, whatever was in the water approached him, and St. Columba made the sign of the cross and told him not to touch the man and to back off, and supposedly it stopped and, like, acted as if it had, I'm quoting this directly, been Uh pulled back with ropes. So everyone's like, oh, thank you, St. Columba, for this miracle of saving us from this evil water beast in 565 AD. But anyway! (laughs) So, I actually have a few comments about that. First of all, is there any, like, consistency between that and um, like, modern sightings of Nessie, because that sounds like, listen, I have a, my father is in his 50s, and he is a white man, so he watches a lot of river monsters. Fair. Uh, And so I have watched a lot of river monsters with him. That sounds like the kind of shit that could have been chalked up to a catfish. A catfish big enough to eat a man, or kill a man? Yeah. No, that shit happens. Wow. disturbingly often. Like, half of that show is him rolling up to, like, some 
area that lives right on a river and all the locals being like, there's this horrible monster that keeps eating people and then he catches it and it's sort of catfish twice the size of a man or some shit. Like, that's wild to me. So, that's why I'm wondering if that really counts as a sighting of Nessie unless, like, it was described with similar features instead of just a big creature that ate a dude. Yeah, I mean, most cryptologists uh, will be, like, a little skeptical. The only real tie to Nessie herself is just the location. The location. Okay. Um, and the fact that it's written in, you know, your 500s AD, people were prone to exaggeration, especially in regards to saints to and any miracles. religious thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the other thing I was, gonna, I was gonna say. So I'm not gonna say this is a credible, just that if you are looking for the earliest sighting of a quote-unquote monster in Loch Ness or the River Ness, it is St. Columba. Okay. Fair um, shortly after that, not, okay. <laughs> I said shortly after that, um, the next year it was cited was 1871. So, you know, shortly after that. Shortly. I realized after I said that, I was like, that's not not the most accurate. Poor choice of words. But this was closer to what people actually started describing Nessie as. Either this, like, upturned boat or just this large hump in the water moving and then disappearing. Um, The photograph that is most known that has her neck was taken in 1933. Um, (laughs) It's largely suspected that it's his dog with a stick because uh, if you look closely at the photo, you can see the head of a dog in it. (laughs) So... It could be Nessie. Most likely, it is a dog with a stick. And most likely, because this man heard about the incident from the 1870s, decided to stage a photo. So we don't know whether he staged it or not on purpose. But but it is probably. The original negative was lost, so it's suspicious. (laughs) Yep. Um... There's been numerous sightings in the U.S., actually. Um, Well, hold up. In the U.S.? Yeah, this country, the one that we're in? This country. You mean the one that doesn't have the Lake Ness in it? Well, that's what I said. That one? (laughs) It's technically not the Loch Ness, but, like, there are other areas in the world that people have seen, like, oh, we have a Loch Ness, which, I mean, is, is not... It's not how that works. No, it isn't. But, um, the last reported sighting of Nessie in recent times was, this is the actual Loch Ness in Scotland. Okay, Um, so that counts. Was in 2015, um, thanks to (laughs) Google Earth. What? Google Street View. <laughs> the fuck up. I need to know everything about this right now, immediately. Who the fuck noticed it? So, they added a feature to their Street View 
uh, in Loch Ness because so many scientists have actually gone to it to try and figure out if it's there that they were able to compile enough photographs of, you know, like you, you street view, you're walking through, you can go under the water and people uh-huh. have reportedly seen your humps or your long-necked animal in the street view. <laughs> but that seems like something that shouldn't be supposedly. Like, that sounds like something that they should be able to be like, yo, look at this picture. That's fucking Nessie. Well, the problem is that, again, people are really bad at identifying objects. So no one's oh. ever seen the full creature. So if you see, like, a long neck, it could be an eel or a catfish. Or it could be, like, a tree stump or branches floating down there. Uh, not to mention, okay. like, if it's not a live feed, because I can't imagine that Google and in its infinite power has a live feed of the lake underwater. It's God, but just... could you imagine if it did? Can you fucking imagine that? <laughs> Who's in charge of Google? Get me, a, get me the Google man! Because <laughs> do I have a pitch for him? So it's just <gasps> photos that they collected at the time they were doing it, which means that, like, again, it's photos, but it's just that. It's not like they're getting a live running feed of Loch Ness 24-7. Okay. Um, that being said, there have been numerous searches out uh, to Loch Ness to try and find this thing, dating from 1934 to as late as 2018. Uh... No one actually found anything in any of these. There were a few times that they thought, but they've used sonar. They've used satellite tracking. Um, in 2018, they used like a DNA survey, sur- survey, <laughs> survey, survey, survey to try and find unusual species or anything like tested that shouldn't be there. Hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did they find any catfish? Uh, they sure did. Okay. They sure found, uh... <laughs> but it wasn't larger catfish. Like, they didn't find any DNA of what should be large fish, like your sharks, your sturgeon, your okay. eels. Um, I'm... Is there only... I'm gonna look this up, because I'm wondering if there are species of catfish, specifically. They, they didn't rule out the possibility of those existing, but none have ever been found in the lake or caught in the lake. Okay. Like, they found large amounts of DNA eel, but that's from many, 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 many small eels, not very large ones. There were no reptilian sequences of any kind found, so there's no, like, large, giant, scaly reptile creature in there. Um but they didn't find any DNA of anything larger than should be. And no one has ever caught anything of unusual size either. Okay, so just real quick, I looked this up. Mm-hmm. Um, catfish don't stop growing until they die. Yeah. So if there were any catfish located there, which you're saying there were... It is totally possible that there is a very old catfish growing, swimming around at the bottom of that lake. I guess, but, like, it's weird, because people have, like, said, like, oh, it's probably a catfish, but they didn't find, 
like anything larger than should be, and no one's ever caught a catfish there. Oh, okay. Fair or, enough. So I have found in my reportings, which may or may not be accurate. Fair enough. I because would drop there's my a lot of theory. But yeah, no, I mean it's that's honestly, if if we're being realistic, it is likely things again, people are just really bad at identifying objects. That's what we've learned today. Science, DNA, satellite, sonar have more or less proven, hey, this isn't in here and this isn't going to be here. But also, I think part of the fun of cryptids is saying, like, well, it's not 100% definitive. Like, nobody knows definitively what's down there. I mean, you do to a certain degree as far as DNA and sonar, but, like, I don't know. Possibilities are fun. Like, the other lakes that Nessie hashtag not Nessie has been seen yeah, and haven't say, gone like, the same. It being named Nessie is wholly dependent on it being in Lake Ness. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the other hashtag, the other not Nessies have been investigated but not to the same degree. So, like, I think it's fun. The, the like, possibility of it is fun. Or just, like, folk tales, like the monster that lives under your bed kind of thing. Like, you know it's not there, but also, like, it's fun to think about. There's something fun about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. On that note, we should probably get into the important part of this of who would win a fight and who's uh, hot and sexy and single under 30. <laughs> well, I don't think either are under 30, so that's tragic. There were better uh, ways I could have put that for sure. There, there but... were, but that's okay. Uh, I think we should start with combat. Okay. Um, so I would argue that the... Mothman's greatest uh, help in the fight area. Uh, first of all, you've seen that statue, you've seen that thing six-pack. It's buff yeah. as hell. Um, also, it can predict the future. Uh, I know you watch My Hero Academia as much as I do, and that show has made a very good point for being able to tell what is about to happen can really give you an edge in a fight. But we don't know the definitive limits of Mothman's future ability. Like, we know it works for a year and a month, but, like, Mothman's not gonna tell me what's gonna happen next week. You don't know that. Maybe he knows and he's just not telling you. But you also don't know that. That's true. Uh, And that brings me to my next point. Mothman can fly and can go aerial and can probably walk. Also, Nessie is stuck in that lake. (laughs) Yeah, but Mothman can't breathe underwater. Okay. Mothman's- Okay, Mothman is not strong or large enough to carry Nessie in her entirety out of that lake. He don't And all Nessie has to do is, like, bite at his fucking ankles and drag him underwater. Nessie is so much larger than the Mothman, because the Mothman is reported as being the size of a man. Because <laughs> the Mothman is man-sized. He's man-sized. Nessie alone is reported as having, like, a ten-foot-long neck. That's longer than man-sized. <laughs> Sadly, I am going to have to give this one to you, and I knew I was going to. I knew going into it that I that Nessie would win in a fight, 
but I did feel like I owed it to my good moth man to try. I know that's entirely valid because we're about to have the situation in reverse. In reverse! Right. So, sexiness. Who would you want to date? Um, first of all, Mothman gets obvious points for being anthropomorphic. Yeah, and having that sweet six-pack. Having that very sweet (laughs) six-pack. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, uh, culturally, people generally turn the more humanoid monsters into the sexy ones. Yeah. You know? Uh, Nessie is, as you pointed out, not human-like. Nope. (laughs) At all. She also, as you pointed out, cannot leave that lake, so it leaves kind (laughs) of a limited range of date options. (laughs) Right. Um, and also, like, telling time, Mothman, I bet, would never forget an anniversary. No. He'd see that shit coming and be like, oh, damn. I should go get flowers or something. I do think it's kind of a negative point that he would see how your relationship would play out before you even started dating. So, like, or flip side, maybe that's a good thing. Because if he's actually going to bother with the relationship, that means he knows it could go good. That's true. You got me there. I mean, in general. I think that that would make it very hard to get him to date you. But I don't think it would be a bad sign if you could pin him down. Mr. Mothman, if you're out there, please correct us on what you would like your pronouns to be and also send me your number. Thank you. Also send me your number. So yeah, I think we're pretty um, set. Nessie would win in a fight, but Mothman is the more dateable monster. Um, So this does leave us as a tie as to which is the better monster, which means we're going to open it to you guys. Um... You can either leave a comment underneath this on whatever uh, platform you're listening to. Um, alternatively, Alyssa and I will both have polls on our personal Twitters. Um, you can find me at Chaboy Taco. Yeah, it, I listen to a lot of podcasts also. Uh, it's titled Brooke the Gay Trainwreck. So if you want to vote on that poll, come look for me. Or, probably easier... Just leave it in the comments. Who do you think is the better monster, Nessie or Mothman? With that, this has been Mythids. Thank you all so much for coming to listen. Uh, our music is cr- courtesy of Brooke's wonderful fiance, who's very talented nope. with such husband. things. We've been married for a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! I said the F word. <laughs> oh, I said fiance. He's your husband now. He's my husband now. Oh my god. The music is credited by Eddie, my wonderful husband. Um, and I hope you guys join us again next week to see what monsters we chat about. Bye.